Diane Hullett, and welcome to the Best Life, Best Death podcast. Today, I'm talking with Jan Booth, and we're talking about music at the end of life, which I think is just, it's just a gorgeous topic. And Jan has so much to say that I think will be really interesting to people and possibly kind of give people a different spin on what music at the end of life can be. So welcome, Jan. Thanks, Diane. Great to be here. Jan is, uh, she's an end of life nurse and coach and educator and also a musician. And so she just brings this richness to our conversation today. When someone says to you, Jan, if someone says, you know, why music at the end of life? Like what, what role can it play? How do you begin to answer that? And how did you come to the place where you are now? Yeah, good questions. Um, well, music is part of life for most of us. I think it's a rare person uh, for whom music hasn't been uh, one of the big threads of their lives. So I look at end of life, whether it's days, weeks, or months as part of life. And so if it's been meaningful in your life, uh, chances are that it will continue to, to be meaningful, but maybe in a different way, which we'll, we'll talk about. Um, music also, and again, any of us who love music can just answer this. Uh, we can each answer it our, in our own way, but music can support and bolster people, especially in hard times. It can be inspiring. Uh, it can bring people together. It can foster connection. It can change the dynamic, you know, in a room or in a house or in someone's internal state. It can sometimes bring a sacred quality to end of life, uh, almost like a ritual can, that can shift the energy of a, of a moment. And I think one of the biggest things is that music speaks to the heart and to the spirit. And it, it bypasses pain and the, and the chatter and the intellect and speaks to the heart. So you can say things in singing that you might not be able to say, say with words. And two other things just jump into my head. One is um, music can be a lovely way to invoke uh, tears that might be hard to tap into. And, um, and music can also stimulate memory. And sometimes that's just a wonderful way um, to share memories with someone or as part of a life review. So those are just some examples of the many different roles that it can play at the end of life. Oh, that makes so much sense. Like that the way that it can touch us in a way that's, it may have lyrics or it may have no lyrics, but it can touch us in a place beyond words, that emotional release that could be really powerful for a family and a dying person. Gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, how do you say more? You just have so much experience about this. And also, tell us at some point about threshold choirs and how that ties in. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Um, I grew up in a family that sang together just informally, and music has been part of my life for a long time. But just just recently, I have been uh, walking with my mom through the last part of, of her life. And it was really beautiful. Some of the times when we put on music that was meaningful to her and she hadn't been really responsive, but once she heard that music, you could see a, a little more um, spirit in her. And sometimes if she was a little restless, 
putting on really quiet music, uh, Scottish hymns that she had loved. You could just see it. it and um, I, I came to this intersection of music and end of life first through the work of Therese Schroeder Shaker. And any of you who are end of life um, nerds like myself and like Diane, she's a good person to know about. And she, she coined the term music thanatology. Thanatology is the study of death and music thanatology being this um, part of hospice and palliative care, uh, really a skilled, um, a skilled offering that musicians can make that's very different from what a music therapist might do. And so a music therapist, often you picture something like a um, musician going into a long-term care facility and singing songs from the 40s or 50s or 60s and all the invoking of memory that does and that, that gorgeous documentary called Alive Inside that showed what an impact it could on people to hear familiar music. Well, music yes, therapy, yes. And just to just to repeat yeah, that, yeah. just to repeat that, it's called Alive Inside, and it's a documentary about music touching people with dementia. Correct? Yes, that's and right. And then, can you say the name of the woman again who you thought yeah. was? Yeah, Therese Schroeder Shaker. It's a, and she founded something called the Chalice of Repose, uh, which was a music thanatology training program. Her focus mostly was on harp and on voice, although some people have brought other things into it. But what's different about music thanatology, and I would include the kind of singing that I do with Threshold Choir, which I'll talk about in a minute, in that. And it's not music as performance. It's not music where I say, okay, here's the set list, and this is what I'm going to play for this group. It's music that's more intuitive, it's more expansive and open, and often the, there are very few words or the words are more like a chant. And part of the idea is that music, it, it's almost like medicine, you know, that if I were to go into the room, uh, either as a harp player or to go in the room uh, singing with Threshold Choir, I would, as best I could, intuit the song that might be the best match for that situation. And it's interesting because you then can use the music instead of just singing it the way you've always sung it. You might notice, oh, I'm singing this song and the person seems a little bit agitated. Let me just try slowing the song down. Or let me not sing words. Let me just hum or ooh and see what that does. So it's for, for a musician or for any of us who enjoy singing, it's a really different way of bringing music to, to the bedside. And in, um, let me just say a little bit about Threshold Choir. Would this be a good time to I think to so. Say that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is so intriguing because there's yeah. really, I feel like it's worth saying like there's different levels of thinking of this. One level is sort of what's your favorite playlist? What's right. old music that evokes memories? And then you're really talking about almost like a music of humanity. Like how do you bring yeah. forward just a, a gentleness through a singing voice rather than a speaking voice? Yeah, yeah. So talk about that's, Threshold Choir. That's beautiful. And in fact, as you say that, it makes me think to anyone who might be listening to this, it, it might be fun to reflect on, just as Diane said, different kind of playlists for yourself. So one might be, what would be a playlist that when I, um, maybe I'm having a hard time or I'm feeling down and I want to inspire myself or I want to get up or something that uh, reminds me of the past. Um, 
that's one playlist. And this second playlist is what I'm about to talk to here. And that what would be music I would want to hear as much as I can imagine in the last hours and days and weeks of my life. So if we think about the dying process, because it's important to put this right, as people are dying, their world is getting more and more interior, less interested in the outside world, less interested in eating, drinking, talking, um, engaging with the matters of the world. So more and more inner. And there seems to be a heightened sensitivity to noise, to smell. And so it doesn't take much to have an impact. And in fact, generally quieting our voices, quieting the environment, watching out for strong smells, things like that are more pleasing to someone who is dying. And so the music that is going to match that is going to be a different kind of music. The music thanatology that Tree Schroeder Shaker taught people to do, especially with harps. And then this other choir that I'm a part of. Threshold music is not familiar music to people. It's music that is written by threshold members. And it's very simple chants, basically. Things like, you are not alone, or may only love surround you, or um, there you are in the quiet of this moment, here I am with you. So what's interesting, it's like you referred to earlier, you can say things through music that might feel awkward to say if you just were to say the words. And there's a different quality, Haitian. Like you said, it's, it's like communication of humanity. And in fact, the tagline for the Threshold Choir is kindness made audible. Oh, so, beautiful. Isn't that, isn't that a lovely, yes. yes. So, so just like we say in training people who are gonna work at the bedside through hospice or palliative care or as end of life doulas, our presence is huge how we come into a situation. So for us singing in threshold choirs, and by the way, if anyone wants to know more, it's thresholdchoir.org. We're singing at the threshold. Um, when I come into, let's say the bedside of a hospice patient to sing, how I come in really matters. Just like working as a doula or coming in as a friend to visit my friend who's very sick, right? So calming, quieting my mind, opening my heart, having an intention to really be there, okay? So that's very important because it's not just the beautiful melodies and the lovely harmonies and the simple words that are part of the medicine. It's the presence. It's the music coming through us, right? And how powerful to have people who are usually strangers, you know, the, the few of us who are coming to the bed of a hospice patient, the family doesn't know us. It's a very intimate time in a family's life to let strangers come in. And so it's sometimes four of us who come, we sing a cappella, we have little stools we carry and we just sit around either the foot of the bed or near the side of the bed. And one person is in sort of the in in charge of choosing the music and it's a very intuitive process and and we're trying to pick up on visual cues to know is this how is this landing um we're looking at the faces of the family as well but the words are, are really really simple and um 
it's it's just a, a, a lovely way to be with someone in a different way. I this all of this is so gorgeous, Jan, and so intriguing to me. Yeah. I mean, are there hundreds of threshold choirs all around the US? Yeah. That, yeah, they are really? around the U.S. and Canada and all all around the world. Yeah, wow. and so they make it their their goal is to go to places. I imagine it could be a private home or it could be a facility or it could be a hospital Correct. hospice place, and Correct. they they go and sing. And it's just a few people. So I'm guessing yeah. in an area like Denver, there's maybe I don't know 20, 30 people involved, and different combinations of people show yeah. up. That's that's about right. Yep. Um, there are a couple in Denver, there are a couple in Boulder, and then through other parts of Colorado. And then if you were to go on, so anyone listening who's intrigued by this, wondering, hey, is this in my community? I want to know about this. Um, they're usually associated with hospices. So most of us are hospice volunteers, because it just makes it easier to be able to find a place to sing. Right. So um, thresholdchoir.org, there's a, a, a little tab where in the United States or the world we we are and um, part of part of what is what is interesting being a part of official choir I'm also on the, on the board of the organization and so over the last couple of years of COVID when our essential mission couldn't happen we couldn't meet together to sing we could decide you know for a long time we at the leadership level of the organization, we were talking about, so what, how does our mission shift in response to this? And one of the things that came from that um, was the idea of empowering whoever is at the bedside. It doesn't have to be us. Whoever is at the bedside to music in some way or to bring song or to bring kindness made audible. So, um, Two, two things came came out of COVID that really helped shift our, our, our focus a bit. And one was, like I said, empowering the clinical staff, the family members who might be there, um, volunteers, but also to, um, to imagine using technology in a way we would have poo-pooed in the past. So to also consider things like singing over the phone, singing to iPads and to someone via Zoom who might be listening. And that was really a, another in that I just want to encourage others to consider that, you know, our presence in person was so important, just like you might say about a hospice nurse or about an end-of-life doula, that the in-person uh, energetics are so important. Well, what happened when we couldn't be there? We had to find other ways and to think differently about energetics. So we were people and guess what? It was really impactful. Wow. In fact, for some threshold chapters as a way of staying connected when we were feeling so disconnected, we'd have phone trees where I would, for example, call and sing to you. And then you would sing to another member of our choir and that person would sing to another. So it, it's just interesting to think outside the box when, when we have to. Yeah. Do you, can you give us any like specific examples of, of, of things you've sung or like ways you found yeah. yourself at the bedside and what that looked like or sounded yeah. like? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's see. Let, let me just, let me just. Oh, um, threshold song. Um, 
This one is You Are Not Alone. And this is a, there are certain songs that you could sing at just patient. And then there are certain songs that are a little more specific, maybe for a caregiver or for a particular situation. But some of, many of them are ones that speak about love and peace and not being alone that could be appropriate anywhere. So let's say that we walk into a, a room and there's someone who is sleeping in the bed and we know that they're not particular and we sit down quietly and just- Oh, take Jan, I, I lost you. I lost you on a bit of that. Jan is, Jan is in the mountains with not perfect Wi-Fi. So say that last part again, you walk into a room. Yeah, walk into a room and sit at the bedside and center ourselves for a moment. It was something like, you are not alone. I am here beside you. You are not alone. I am here now. So you hear the kind of little bit hushed singing, a little bit lullaby-like, right? I might spread it out. There'll be harmonies that might come in later. But the um, of the song is important for everything I said earlier about wanting to mirror where the person is in the dying process. But, but also, let me just take this moment to say the simplicity is something for anyone listening to imagine how you might do this yourself. You don't have to be in a threshold choir, although if it calls to you, take a look at the website and see if it might be something you want to do. But you could go into a situation of someone who you care about where you might not know what the words are. And just imagine a really simple phrase like, um, you are love. Or follow love and you could just make up a song or a, a tune or think of something simple like um like the lullaby tune da, 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 da. so you could just put words to it like that you could just come in and and you could say you are love follow So just to plant that idea that your voice, whether you think you're a singer or not, your voice, when you bring music and loving kindness to it, can say things that get into the heart and spirit of the person in the bed. And I, I really encourage people to do that. And probably the biggest barrier that most of us have around singing quietly at the bedside is not anyone else. It's not the environment. It's not the person in the bed. It's us and our own judgment about our voice. So I really strongly yeah. encourage people to be kind to yourself and imagine that as yet another uh, avenue. I, I love it. You said something at the beginning that made me think of the word, you know, kind of like toolbox. Like if you're, if you're coming, as you said, as a friend, respectfully and gently into a space where someone is dying or as a loved one or as a caregiver, you, you can have things in your toolbox to make that time be sweet. Some people read poetry or some people just yes. sit quietly, but this idea that you could also sing quietly or, or you could sing a favorite tune of theirs. Like, I just love that yes. it's another tool that people can use. And I was also thinking about, 
I, I was really struck when you were singing the lullaby. I had this vivid memory of how I made up songs for each of my kids. And, and it's got that same kind of gentleness. You know, they would be um, taking a bottle and sitting in my lap. And I would just make up a song about their name. And each of them had a different tune. And they were very much about them as people. But there was just this kind of made up quality to it. And sometimes yes. if I didn't know what to say, it was just la, la, la. Yes, that intimacy that you have with an infant yeah. or a little child is really what you're talking about. Just allowing that to be present. The, and well, the other and thing I was thinking of is I have this one friend who died some years back and his, his wife told me, I remember vividly her saying to me, well, I just sang to him for 24 hours and I sang him out of this world. And that oh, has always beautiful. stayed with me because I thought, wow, who, who can sing someone out of this world? And that's Aww. exactly what she did for him. So when we began talking about this, you know, music at the end of life, that couple flashed in my mind. And Aww. I thought, oh, yes, I was always so moved by that. So I love that you're both saying there are, you know, professionals who do this, and there are ways that we can tap into this through hospice. But there's also just the simplicity of our human voice and our connection with that person that we're seeing. Well, that's it ex exactly. You've you've really captured it in your in your last comments, and in fact, that's how Kate Munger, who started, was the founder of the Threshold Choir. In two thousand, she was um, a couple of years before the friend um, who was was quite agitated, and that nothing she could say was helping, and she just felt so helpless. Now, she happened to have also been a singer and a songwriter, and she just, almost out of desperation, she just started singing, and she just watched, she just watched him calm down, so she just kept singing, and they were very simple songs, and she thought, oh, I'm onto something, and, and the truth is that I imagine humans have been singing to each other at birth, with lullabies, in times of struggle, uh, and at end of life, probably from the beginning of time. This is not new. However, it's an example of something that I think we, we have outsourced a lot of these qualities of being with, you know. And so part of what I love about Threshold and also what I love about the idea of anyone singing is that it's it's a kind of reclaiming of something that feels very human to me. It feels like part of how we are best at our highest level of human community, showing up for each other and all of that. And one other thing that, um, well, two other things. One is when you said, sing, you know, she sang him to the other side. There is a um, song by Steve Kahn uh, called Sing Me to the Other Side. That's just a, a lovely song um, that someone might want to look up. But one other thing I wanted to say, because you asked me about important also to say this, bring some humility and less ego to these situations. And that's true for any of us. Mm. Because I've had situations singing with, with Threshold where you know, our music has just fallen so beautifully and it's just transformed the energy of an area. It's touched hearts and all of that. And I've also had situations um, 
side of a woman who appeared to be in her last moments. She was very, she had lost so much weight and her, the color of her face was very sallow and the way she was breathing looked like she was not long from dying. And we'd been asked by the family to come sing to her. And um, so we gathered around the side of the bed and we sang some lovely threshold songs and it was really nice. After the second song, she opened her eyes, first surprise, and then she said in a very weak voice, can you sing anything any peppier? <laughs> we angelic voices surrounding her is not what she had in mind. And it was a, such such a surprise and a really good uh, example of just checking our ego at the door. And and we said, well, sure. What is there anything you would like? You know. And she said, do you know any Dionne Warwick? And so luckily be boomers who grew up with Dionne Warwick but of course in that moment I couldn't think you know it's like what's that one about na, 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 walking down the street and da, 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 da. and then my one of the, the three of us said oh how about walk on by and so we started singing it we sang it kind of slower maybe Dionne would it we did a little bit slower just imagining that maybe that might be a little bit better fit she starts singing along with us and it was just a lovely moment, but it was a, one of many examples of where I um, have needed to be flexible, where I've needed to not just make assumptions and have um, done uh, shifts and pivots to match what was, and I think that's part of that's part of life, but that's part of the work at end of life. We, we go in with the best of intentions and ideas, and then we meet what comes towards us. So good to have a little bit of a sense of humor too, at the same time as bringing that sacred seriousness. So beautifully put. I remember another time when you and I talked, you told this great story about a family member saying, do you know a song about baseball? And you were kind of taken <laughs> aback, right? And then describe what happened next. Yeah, so again, sort of a, a, a similar example of this very quiet music that uh, a man who again, uh, you know, and he really did seem to be moments away from dying and the daughter turned to us and said, um, would you be willing to sing, take me out to the ball game? And 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 that was a real change for for us to need to do. And so we said, uh, sure, sure, sure. Was he a was he a baseball fan? And she said, Oh, he loved baseball. Baseball was his. And so that was so perfect. I never would have imagined going in there. Okay, we'll sing. You are not alone. May only love surround you. Then we'll do. Take me out to the ball game, right? But it was perfect as we sang it really slowly. Take me out to the ball game. And he opens his eyes, he looks up at his daughter, you know, there was a moment there, who could have predicted any of that? And, and it turns out that he, he died that night or early the next morning. But um, it's music that is really meaningful that you, you couldn't quite imagine how it would fit. Willing to invite families in, and those of us who work at End of Life who might be doing um, some kind of a it would be a, a wonderful question if you don't already ask it to say, has music been important to you or to speak? And are there any ways that we might bring some of that music in in an appropriate way um, at this point?
Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Jan. I just think you've given us a lot to think about in terms of how music, um, you know, can come in at the end of life and touch people in all kinds of different ways. And Jan has talked about uh, the Threshold Choirs. You can find out more about that at Threshold Choirs with an S on the end. Dot no org. S. Yeah, no just S. Threshold Choir. No S. And you can find out more about the work I do at bestlifebestdeath.com. And Jan and I, when we were emailing about this, she shared a wonderful list of resources of some simple songs. And I'm, I think the easiest thing for me to do is to put those up on my website, probably Jan, and, and I'll put them in the social media this week. Is there, was there one or two that were easy to tell websites for? You know, for people that have Spotify, if you put in um, on, in Spotify, if you put in Threshold Choir, there are some of the songs there you can listen to that are um, that can be made public. Normally, the Threshold songs are just for the use within the Threshold Choir, but on the Spotify list, there's some that are part of CDs that have been made public to give you some idea. But another is a, a song leader uh, and community song leader, and she has a website called um, The Bird Sings. And I think that's that's on on that list. And then I also put some songs on that list that are simple ones that are part of public domain, like Longtime Sun or Blessing to the World by Karen Drucker. Wonderful. Looks like I just lost a, a, a little blip there in the in the um I don't know if you heard that one about Karen Drucker, but anyway, it's on the Karen list. Drucker. And what I would what I would recommend people to do is to start keeping a list, if you haven't already, of music that is of a quieter nature, um, maybe music that's only instrumental, so that if people were to ask you who may not be as musically literate or just as, you know, they're just tired and they can't think, you know, for some ideas, it'd be good to keep a, a list for your for yourself as well. Well, thanks again, Jan. This has been great. And I think a lot of food for thought. Wonderful. Well, thanks, Diane, for inviting me. And um, and I hope each one of you listening, I hope you trust your voice and trust yourself to bring that kind of kindness in your own way uh, to the bedside of people at end of life. Thank you so much, Jan. Okay, one more thing, a little PS. Jan and I were just talking as I stopped the recording and we realized there was one thing that we wanted to say about silence. So silence is music of its own and silence is healing medicine also. And so um, I'm just coming fresh from this caring for my mom in, in her last weeks. Music, I was sort of the DJ for the, for the music and the, the music got further and further apart even though she loved music and music was a big part of our family, the silence was more and the music was less. And then last day or day and a half or two days, there was really no music um, until afterwards. And that's a whole nother playlist, which is uh, the playlist for the memorial service or the funeral, but yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, as yeah. we said, layers of playlists and yeah. when silence is a piece of it. And right now I have Absolutely. the sound of my dog scratching at the door. So that's like a whole other kind of playlist. I that's right. And I've, got, like, I've got the thunder and the rain. He, <laughs> we're, we're surrounded by nature's music, right? Beautiful. Well, thanks again for listening. We just had to put that little PS in here. Thanks, Jan. Thanks, everyone.
I've been talking today with Jan Booth. She's an EOL nurse, coach, and educator. And you can find out more about what she's been discussing by going to thresholdchoir.org, or I'll have music resources up on bestlifebestdeath.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.